I know self-publishing is not for everyone. Nothing is. But if you've considered self-publishing for even a minute, listen up, because I'm betting I know what's holding you back from exploring it further or getting started. Number one, you think the self-publishing process is a lot harder than it actually is. And number two, you're understandably afraid of doing it, air quote, wrong. So I've created a new free resource for you. It's called the Self-Publishing Starter Kit, and you can get instant access to it by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting publishaprofitablebook.com forward slash self-publishing 101. In this free training, you'll discover the exact four steps to focus on and mistakes to avoid so you can publish an incredible book that's indistinguishable in quality from a New York Times bestseller without overthinking, overguessing, or overspending in areas that won't make a difference. Again, visit publishaprofitablebook.com forward slash self-publishing 101 to get instant access. Hi, everybody. All right, let's just jump right in. There's really no need for formality um, in any of these podcasts because we are just going to get right to the information. And I'm going to try to keep every single one of these to under 15 minutes, preferably under 10, because truthfully, getting the information out doesn't need to take much longer than that. So episode one, we are going to talk about bookstores. I went into Barnes & Noble this past weekend for the first time in a long, long time. And I was immediately in love, and I was immediately reminded of two things. One, as a reader and as a consumer, I love bookstores. I I mean, they just make me so happy. Everything about them makes me so happy. As an author, I do not have the same opinion. As I was Walking through, I was noticing all the books that are on the front tables and the new fiction. And I also noticed all the books that are in what Barnes & Noble calls their book annex, which essentially means, oh my God, help us get rid of these at any price. Like, can we just break even on this thing instead of having to send it back to the distributor? And it, it reminded me once again, I have so many clients who say, I want to be in the bookstores. I want to be in Barnes & Noble. I want to be in an independent bookstore. And I get it wholeheartedly. We have in Phoenix an independent bookstore called Changing Hands that is just, I mean, I could spend a whole day in there. Everything about it makes me happy. The reality of bookstores as an author is so different from what many, if not most, authors, especially new authors, recognize. And the process of getting into bookstores, number one, is much more difficult than than people realize. To break it down, when you publish with anyone, whether it's an independent, small press, or one of the big five, and to recap, the big five are Hachette, HarperCollins, Macmillan, Penguin Random House, and Simon & Schuster. And we can also include in there, even though they aren't technically the big five, uh, publishing houses that a lot of my clients aspire to, Hay House, Chronicle Books. God, I love a Chronicle book. Um, We can add those in. The assumption is if I publish through one of those outfits, my book is going to be in every bookstore in the country or the world. Not the case. The publishing industry has changed drastically in the last decade and not more so than the last two years. 
understandably, every inch of space in a bookstore is important to the bookstore. When we're talking about indie booksellers versus the big guys, it's true in in my experience that independent bookstore owners are much more author-focused than the big guys where they're a little bit more business-focused. Either way, everyone is trying to stay in business and keep their books in the not in the red. And so every inch of space matters. And whether you are, whether someone is an owner of an independent bookstore or the manager of a big bookstore, a big box bookstore like Barnes and Noble, they have to make very intentional decisions about what books go on their shelves. They have to believe that those books are going to be purchased by their consumers and that their consumers, by the way, aren't going to come in, see the book go, I'd like that, see that it's regular retail price in Barnes & Noble, and then just go to Amazon and order it at a discount with free shipping to arrive in two days. The decisions that these bookstores make are therefore extremely intentional. Over a million books are published every year. And so bookstores simply cannot carry every single one of those books. Even the big publishing houses are not able to convince bookstores to carry every single book that comes out in a given year. And so the big houses, the smaller houses who do outreach to bookstores are very, they have meetings where they say, these are the books that we have coming out next month or next quarter or this year. And we'd like you to carry them. And the, and the people who make those decisions at the bookstores are going to ask the same question that a reader is going to ask, why? Why should I carry it? Just like a reader is going to ask, why should I read it? So it's a game of, of convincing. And, you know, with the exception of the really big names where the bookstores know that those books are going to move, James Patterson, Brene Brown, John Grisham, and any other really big names, the vast majority of authors, especially new authors, are not going to get a space on those shelves. And if they're lucky enough to get one, the way it works is, you know, that, that front table spot that is, man, it's coveted. And I, 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 I love to visualize my own books on those front uh, tables. Those are bought. Those front table spaces are purchased by the publishing houses. And they're not purchased for brand new authors where they're not sure that the books are going to move. They are purchased for the books that have already gotten an incredible amount of media attention because the authors themselves have already gotten an incredible amount of media attention. So when you can convince, when anyone can convince a bookstore, let's talk about Barnes & Noble, to carry your book, they're going to order two copies they're going to put them spine side out in, in, the, in your respective section. Someone will have to know more often than not to go look there to buy it. And then they'll have to make the decision to purchase it from Barnes & Noble as opposed to just clicking on Amazon and ordering it up for, from there and saving uh, money. And to say what you will about Amazon, you know, as, as a reader even, I, I love them. I, I also do love supporting independent bookstores to be completely, I mean, God, I do. Now, one thing that bookstores are uh, adamant about is that all the books that they purchase from Ingram, who's the the main wholesaler in the United States, be returnable. First of all, they have to come at a 55% discount. 
And second of all, they have to be returnable within 90 days. So if the book sits spine side out on the shelf collecting dust for 89 days, the bookstore will send them back to your distributor or your, pub- your, your, distri- your publishing house distributor, whoever's distributing, they will send them back. If you're with a small press, that cost will be, bo- meaning if you have an independent distributor and it's not your publisher, the cost will be borne by you. And if you have a traditional publisher, a, a, one of the big five, for example, or even one of the bigger publishing houses, but not necessarily one of, you know, considered one of the big five, that amount comes out of, the, it goes on to the ledger as coming out of the number of books you sold. So if you did get an advance, which is something I'm going to talk about in episode two, because it's another huge misconception about traditional publishing houses. If you were to get an advance and that, and those original sales helped you to meet your advance, because an advance is not a signing bonus, it is an advance against earnings, then that dollar amount when the books are returned will be deducted from the ledger. So it's a lot of books just kind of traveling back and forth and arriving back at the publishing house, the distributor, not in the best condition, certainly not in resaleable condition. And when you see, you know, I have a little trick for how I get my books in bookstores. Um, And it's the same trick that a lot of authors use when you see them on social media, not all, not all, but when you see them on social media and they're posting to they're they're pointing to their book and saying, "Oh my gosh, I'm so excited! My book's in Barnes and Noble." They walked their book into Barnes and Noble, or they walked in with four books. They cleared some space on the shelf. They stuck it there and they took a picture. To be clear, not not everyone, but the authors whose books automatically end up in bookstores are not the ones who you see posting about this. And what's even more important to note is that what makes someone buy a book is not the fact that it's in a major bookstore. What compels someone to purchase a book is knowing what the book is about and how it can help them solve the problem that they currently need solved. So it's a huge ego boost for the author. It's not terribly effective, if effective at all, when it comes to making sales or getting long-term traction. I do have some tips on getting your book into especially independent bookstores. Independent bookstores are wonderful when it comes to, many of them will offer to sell local authors' books on consignment meaning that they don't pay you until the book sells. That's one option. Many independent bookstores will allow you to pay them a fee, say $25, to carry two copies of your book. And that's something that you can do. It's, you can do the math. It doesn't, you end up losing money on the deal. But if it's important to you to have the book in an independent bookstore for one reason or another, visibility, or just to feel like you've made it, then go, go for that, right? That's a fair, it's, it's not an astro, astronomical price. It's a fair price to pay to be able to say, you know, my local bookstore is carrying my book because they are. And if the two copies that they purchased on consignment sell, they're going to order more. It's simply a lot, the marketing side of it is, has changed significantly, And so the assumption that authors automatically get massive distribution 
by going with a big five or a smaller three publishing house is such a, uh, it's a misconception. It's a huge misconception today in 2022. 60 to 80% of readers purchase their books from Amazon. And like I said, love them or hate them, you know, it's hard to beat their pricing and it's hard to beat their two-day shipping, which can become day of shipping if you're willing to pay the $2.99 and you're a Prime member and the book is available at one of your local warehouses. It's, it's hard to beat that. And, and most authors don't, don't recognize this because it's a little bit counterintuitive, but authors make more money off the sale of ebooks than they do off the sale of physical books, paperbacks, hardbacks, etc., because there's no printing cost. So the delivery of those is immediate and they're not available at bookstores. And so again, my heart goes out to specifically the independent bookstores because the owners of those are truly passionate about stories. They're truly passionate about books and they're passionate about authors and they want to support them as best they can. And it's, they are really struggling to compete against the Barnes and Nobles of the world. Having had my book in Barnes and Noble and not because I, my very first book, to be clear, um, back, you know, 10, 12 years ago, maybe, someone sent me a picture of my book in the Barnes & Noble in, I think it was Minneapolis or Milwaukee. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really cool. I have zero idea if anyone ever bought it from that store. I mean, you should have seen the ledgers that I got from my distributor. It was, it was virtually impossible to figure out how many had shipped, and then because you've got the 90-day return and you've got the 45-day payment terms. I mean, it was, it, was, it was incredibly difficult to follow. The shortest distance, if you need, if your ego, and I say this with complete love and zero judgment, if your ego needs you to be able to say, my book is in Barnes & Noble or my book is fill in fill in the blank, just take your book in there, put it on, take a picture, like keep it for yourself, put it on, so whatever you need to do. But just know that the actual act of working to get your book in the bookstore, the way that's going to happen is through an incredible traction of sales. And for the number of copies of my first book that I sold, which is now well in excess of 50,000, I've only ever heard of it being in one, and it wasn't in a Barnes & Noble, it was in a Borders. It was in a Borders 12, 13 years ago before Borders closed. I love bookstores. They are wonderful for discovering new titles. They are wonderful for just being in the, the essence of storytelling and truth-telling and solution-finding. They are extremely challenging to navigate, for authors. For more information on this topic or any others having to do with getting the damn book written already, published, and launched, please check out my website, elizabethlyons.com. It'll take you pretty much anywhere you'd like to go when it comes down to DIYing the process, getting coached through the process. I have a lot of free downloadable resources and guides there. Until next time, I'm Elizabeth Lyons. Write the damn book already.